Hey, I'm T. And I'm Sam. And this is Well-Informed Girlfriends. We're back with your weekly dose of news, gossip, and unsolicited hot takes. This week, we're talking about the fatal shooting at a Colorado gay nightclub that left five dead and President Donald Trump running for president yet again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we're also talking about the drama over trying to get tickets to Taylor Swift um, and why it was the biggest ordeal of all time. Um, <laughs> plus, apparently, more people are having affairs during the ongoing cost of living crisis. Okay. That's crazy, <laughs> but also tracks. All that and so much more on today's episode of Well-Informed Girlfriends. So we're starting today off with super sad news out of Colorado Springs, where five people died and 25 more were injured after a gunman entered a gay nightclub and started firing. It happened at a place called Club Q, where police said at least two people were able to subdue the shooter, like they took him out, essentially preventing further deaths. The suspected gunman in custody haven't released a motive yet. They were hosting a drag diva show following DJ night on Saturday which was the day before the trans day of remembrance. So that is obviously yeah, so sad. Really sad. Attacks against the LGBTQIA plus community are on the rise. Um, so far this year, at least 32 transgender people have been shot or killed, according to the human rights campaign. And as you've probably heard and seen, um, drag performers have become a particular target for far-right activists and politicians who obviously incorrectly claim that they groom children. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen some politicians like AOC tweeting that again today. Um, and of course, you know, one of the worst mass shootings in American history was at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando in 2016, which ended with 49 people dead. So that is a horrible way to start the day, but we wanted to make sure we we're not remiss and told everyone about it. Right, right. Oh, really bad news. I know. Speaking of, just Speaking kidding. Of <laughs> <laughs> Please don't cancel me. I'm joking, kind of. Uh, well, we knew it might happen and did. Donald Trump is running again for president. Um, he announced it a few days ago. Crazy timing after almost everybody he endorsed at, during the midterms lost. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. Like we said in our previous pods, they were expecting somewhat of a red wave due to a history party control usually loses a lot during midterms and B high interest rates and inflation, which were cited as ongoing issues for people voting. But um, yeah, as we said, following election night, Democrats got control of the Senate, Republicans took the House, and a lot of the candidates Trump endorsed did not win, including Carrie Lake of Arizona. So that is an interesting timing. It's interesting um, timing. I saw a few headlines today saying he's at his like weakest point politically now. In his career, which, okay. I mean, who's to say? Who's to say? It's interesting because if it's not him, I don't know who it is. You know, I don't. They I, need well, to, I think they're they saying DeSantis, his like yeah. arch nemesis in Florida. That's fair. I do think yeah. that people, our Republicans will get on board with DeSantis as well. Yeah, I think. Well, in this election, a lot of the pundits are saying it was a referendum on the extremism by Trump brand Republicanism. And so, you know, maybe that's the direction they're heading. It's just more traditional republicanism rather than the trying to think of a polite word for this extreme let's go with extreme oh i did some research before we talked about this too and it was saying that the issue of abortion ended up being a powerful motivator for key voting blocks like women mm -hmm. and um 
you know, we should also mention that Gen Z and millennials, who are obviously the youngest voting generations, um, they'll make the largest voting block by the next election, 2024. Mm-hmm. So that, and we've obviously, these two um, voting blocks have leaned much more left than in previous history, like Gen X and um, boomers. They always say, as you get older, you become more conservative as a generation. But that hasn't, we haven't seen that a ton with millennials, especially. And well, our oldest millennials, millennials are like 30, late 30s. Yeah, millennials still aren't making money. I know. They're like, oh, I don't have any assets to protect. Yeah. So I can't switch yet. You know, no, I mean, and I also say too, like historically, um, black and brown people are less impacted by that rule. It's often like white Americans where that happens. Mm-hmm. So because millennials and Gen Z are the most diverse uh, generations ever in the country, like that's been another factor is that maybe they're like, well, this is that's not in my own interest. You know? Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, that's really interesting. So there's that. So speaking of Donald Trump, though, he got his Twitter account back. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah, we've mostly stayed out of the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter news. But I guess we should talk about it now. Yeah. Um, mainly about. because he took a poll on Twitter and found by like a slim margin that Donald Trump should have his Twitter account back. So. And who voted in that? You know? I don't know. I mean, I mean, Twitter is sort of like a little bit of a hellscape. So, right. Who's to say? But anyways, the last. So his his account is back up. Right. Um, And you can see his last tweet from January 8th. Ironically. Oh, wow. What uh, was the last tweet? It was I don't it was something about. I don't know, but you. I looked back at his account and Two I could see it's like January, January 6th. 6th. There's like, he's like, don't storm the Capitol after hours after right. it happened. And then it's like a video being like, please go home. And then it was like, uh, I don't know. There's like two more tweets. Please go but, home, but thank you. Yeah. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so it was last week, January 8th. Uh, reminder, I'm sorry, we're joking about it, but actually like seven people lost their lives in connection with that attack mm-hmm. um, at the Capitol. Anyway, Trump has not tweeted so though since getting it back and he says that he doesn't plan to he wants everyone to use his platform truth social truth built by social. his startup and he's faithfully used since being booted wow he said in an interview i think today or yesterday that his platform has quote better user engagement and was doing quote phenomenally well so we'll see if that sticks wow during this upcoming campaign season just a reminder to win elections you need to get swing voters to vote for you right so like you know politics 101 would say you probably should be on Twitter. social media where people are but you know some some people rules Sam. <laughs> that is fair honestly couldn't don't. have predicted trump winning the first time around Play so by the rules. like who who am i to say right what a, like who am i to judge live right. your best life live your best life <laughs> i bet you he gets back on in like a few days and just tweets some crazy wild stuff oh yeah or what if he doesn't what if he just tweets something like hey or like you know, Kofefe. yeah <laughs> Honestly, if Donald Trump tweeted Kofefe, I would, like, actually think that's funny. Yeah. I would be like, I respect that's a little whoever bit. thought of that joke. Yeah, me. that is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump, if you're listening. <laughs> Suggestion. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Oh, my gosh. This Taylor Swift ticket drama this week? Oh, my God. It hit so close to home. It consumed everyone. I was not on the bandwagon. Yeah. I'm not, I didn't need a ticket. I don't need to go to a show. I, like I her, absolutely but... do. And if anyone wants yeah. to give me a ticket, I will... So what Cut happened off my left here? Boot for this, okay, 
If you know someone who's a Swifty, uh, aka me or a friend, you've probably heard us whine about this. Right. This oh, yeah. But okay. So Taylor Swift hasn't toured in years for COVID reasons and also just like hasn't. And so she has this upcoming tour, her era's tour. And like, I'm aware, by the way, that this is an insane first world problem for specifically, I would argue, millennial and Gen Z women. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. I'm going to try and explain everything in 20 seconds or less. Please don't time me. I'm going to explain what happened and why it's important. So right. it starts and ends with Ticketmaster. Got it. Okay. So what happened? You could sign up to be a verified fan. And then like the company picked a select number of people who asked to be a verified fan and gave like 2 million people a code to be able to buy these tickets during a presale. So okay. when the presale comes out, the website kept crashing. A bunch of people couldn't get tickets and so on. It was like a cluster. And then a day later... Uh, people did get tickets, but, like, not a lot. And uh -huh. then a day later, Ticketmaster canceled sales to the general public, saying there weren't even enough tickets left to sell them. So, like, they never went on sale to the mass public. Oh, my God. I know. Ticketmaster said the issue stemmed from people without codes trying to get tickets and, quote, bot attacks. Okay. Oh. Then Taylor issued a statement eviscerating Ticketmaster for allegedly assuring her they could handle the demand of her fans, which, I mean, like, admittedly, we are a rabid fan base. Right. Um, and then Ticketmaster still, today, Sunday, apologized to her, like, again, and said that a staggering number of bot attacks, as well as fans who didn't have codes, drove unprecedented traffic on our site, resent, resulting in 3.5 billion total system requests. That's four times our previous peak. So, like, that is obviously an unhinged number of people trying to buy Taylor Swift tickets. Right. But also, like, they did say they could do that. And here's why this matters in general. People are so mad they didn't get tickets now that lawmakers in the Justice Department are getting involved. Apparently, Swifties exist at all levels. Someone in the Justice Department, furious they couldn't go see T-Swift. But they're investigating Ticketmaster for possibly being a monopoly. Okay, that's fair. I know. It's, like, super hard to make a legal antitrust case for what it's worth. But Ticketmaster is part of Live Nation. Right. And they control, like, 70% of the market for uh -huh. ticketing and live events. That's according to CNBC. So 70% is obviously an insane majority of events. That right. Happen. And Live Nation owns, like, the venues. And Ticketmaster is owned by Live Nation. And right. so that's how they have this sort of, like, essentially a monopoly. Not right. a legal I'm saying all this without being a legal expert, but this is what the deal is. Right. And so you can only get tickets basically from like one major company, Ticketmaster. And then, and here's where the concern comes in. If you buy tickets and then resell them on Ticketmaster, you have to repay Ticketmaster fees. So they are oh, actually so sort of incentivized to have you resell your ticket at a higher markup because then they get to double dip. They get their fees right. twice. And so that is kind of where the investigations are And going. also it's like, so who's buying these tickets? Is it people that Ticketmaster has had them buy? You know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, even if it's just me, if I got Taylor's of tickets and sold them again, I would have to sell them for more than what I paid them for to recoup the money I lost. Right. And for the, in the interest of disclosure, I did that with Bad Bunny tickets, not intentionally. I just couldn't go in the end. But I sold them on Ticketmaster because it seemed like the safest option. And I had to sell them at a markup for what I paid because Ticketmaster takes out like $70 in fees again. Oh my God. And so, yeah. So you have to sell them for several hundred dollars. And oh, so Taylor Swift tickets, if you look now, you could put, like put down a down payment on a house in the Midwest instead of getting Taylor tickets. They're like $22,000. No. Yeah. My aunt was sending me screenshots from Atlanta's Ticketmaster shows and they're like insane. You can buy them for like a million, like truly a bajillion dollars. That does not seem fair at it's all. It's not, but like, that's just how it is. And so that's kind of why like AOC also tweeted about this, but also, you know, Ticketmaster's attorney general where there's a huge music scene in um, Nashville's looking into it. Um, 
Amy Klobuchar, the senator from Minnesota, former Democratic senator, or former Democratic presidential candidate, are all like, she wrote a long letter about it. Amy, apparently a huge Taylor Swift fan as well. No, I'm wow. kidding. But like, she is, like, it does appear like a lot of lawmakers are invested in this as well. I just don't understand because it really is not fair. It's not like a little, you know, the, you, as a teenager, you can go and get a ticket to your favorite artist. Anymore. No. It's yeah. like they've made it some like slimy, gross business markup thing. Wow. Well, you know, my thought is it's late stage capitalism, but hey. But hey, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> Who is to say? I know we used to have to like wait in line or worse, call a telephone number to right. try and get tickets to things. Yeah. We wanted to see Ashley Simpson or whoever. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley Simpson. <laughs> We'd call into the radio station. Yes. Oh my gosh. To I see know. Spice Girls. Spice Girls. Oh my gosh. Well, that is interesting. I, I hope know. they figure that out. And also, like, I would be, and I think Taylor Swift was upset with Ticketmaster, but I'd be really upset if I were her or her team because it's like, you, we're not even, they're, they're probably not even, they probably do make a percentage of the ticket sales, probably. but it's still like, make this fair, make this make sense. Like don't make this like so unreasonable and insane. I know. Well, and like, I don't know. I'm sure t- Swift, Taylor Swift will say that she like wanted it to be fair for her fans. And right. Probably. Of course. But like, I mean, realistically, Taylor Swift can a like request that they cap the amount you can resell the tickets for. She could like convince right. she has like, these are her shows. She's the most wanted artist in America right now. Like she could make sure that like you can't resell tickets on Ticketmaster or she could limit the amount of fees Ticketmaster takes from them. Right. Reselling these tickets. I mean, there are things Taylor Swift could do. I'm not like blaming Taylor Swift. Swifties don't come for me. I'm one of us, but like, yeah. There are things that she could be doing. And, like, I don't know what Taylor's doing behind the scenes, obviously. But, I mean, those are just some of my suggestions as someone who specifically wants tickets. Taylor, if you hear this, please send. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Okay. Know. Interesting. Thanks for doing the research on that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's fine. It's consumed my week. Oh what? My Donald God. Trump running again? That's fine. Let me do this Taylor investigation. investigation. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, Sam, I'm excited. You were excited about the Taylor Swift story. I'm excited about this story. Any, like, dating relationship stories? I love it. Okay, so there's a story from Mashable this week um, talking about the fact that affairs are on the rise in the cost of living crisis. So I... (laughs) Okay, there's several reasons. It's a little... I'll break it all down. Okay, so according to Mashable... Since the cost of living crisis began in the UK last year, thousands of people are turning to affairs, according to data from this marital affairs website, Illicit Encounters. It's basically, <laughs> it's, it's one of those dating apps that, that married people use to look to cheat. It's gross. But anyways, I guess it exists. So this website, um, which has well over 1 million users, really also sad to hear, um, saw a 169% spike in new members over the summer this year. With August 2022 reaching a record high for signups in one month. Oh, okay. Why? So, so here's the thing. So, what exactly is causing people to want to cheat outside of their marriages? And um, according to Mashable and the people that they talked to, they're talking about money. They're saying mm-hmm. it could be stemming from arguments over money. A recent report from Stow Family Law showed 20% of couples affected by the cost of living crisis regularly argue over what to allocate their dwindling funds toward. Right. So like okay. that makes sense. That makes like sense. you're making Don't less they say money. most divorces come from like arguments over money. Yeah. So then with stress being on the relationship and, you know, stemming from money, it they're saying that that is making people more likely to cheat um, because like first it's an attention thing. 
Yeah. So it's like your partner is really mad at you about, you know, the money situation at home. Mm-hmm. So you just want to go outside of your relationship and just get attention from someone else that doesn't realize what's in your bank account. Yeah. Right. You know, right. right. Someone who's not mad at you for like spending a hundred dollars on whatever. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so that I think, I think is a part of it. An expert told Mashable that money issues can be like shame filled, which we understand. Yeah. People often feel alone or embarrassed by their financial problems. Um, so enduring intense arguments over the same problem over and over again with your partner can lead to kind of of loss of self and cheating can sometimes feel like the antidote to that. Oh, I can see that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I thought this was really interesting though. Do you think Sam that money and financial stability can affect a relationship and someone's likelihood of cheating? Or do you think that that's like two separate things? No, I definitely think they're related. Not like that you should cheat. I think like money problems are like the root of a lot of arguments for couples, Mm -hmm. Um, especially people who are like married and struggling. Right. Um, And you know, high stress. And when kids are involved. And when kids are involved. I think when you're high stress, um, low on money, I mean, I can only imagine in terms of like hierarchy of needs, like that's like very baseline. Right. So yeah. But I mean, I also, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not in their shoes, but I also don't like believe in cheating. I've never cheated on anyone and like, I would never, um, I would just like break up. Right. I really don't understand <laughs> so it either. I just don't yeah. fully understand the concept of like actively joining a website to cheat insane. on my partner. That seems Truly insane. Truly okay. insane. Yeah. Well, um, in the article, they also interviewed a lot of men and the men were like, well, I have so much pressure. I have like so much pressure to provide mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like I could do it. So I needed another outlet. I needed like somebody to give me attention or somebody to make me feel validated. I mean, of my marriage. I could see that, but I also think part of it is they want an out and like, this is a good right. way of creating like an escape hatch because they know it'll blow up in their face. Right. And they know that it will mean the end. So I think right. it's like kind of a cowardly way of getting out of a situation. Totally. That's no, that's me. totally fair. Oh God. This was a sad story. This was we, it started out funny and then it became <laughs> sad. Yeah. It is a sad story. But – oh, also um, it was interesting. They talked about um, how this also happened in 2008. Oh, during, during the, the financial, financial crash. Crisis? Yeah. Yeah. So huh. this has happened before. This is kind of a thing that happens when it's money like, gets tight. I think dating is so expensive. So, like, how are you going out on these illicit dates? With, like, no money. It's, like, it's a crisis now. Yeah. It must just be, like, a temporary high, you know. Like, go out for the night, feel like you're not in trouble, and then come home and crash. Yeah. And cry, probably. And cry. (laughs) (laughs) A mess. Uh, Interesting. Oh, let's talk about Starbucks. Starbucks, baby. So, Starbucks red cups are back, but not with the same holiday cheer as before. (laughs) I'm sorry, we're laughing, but this is another, yet again, serious story that starts out funny and then, like, quickly devolves. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah. Starbucks, as you probably heard, unionized um, mm-hmm. in several locations. Not several. Like, lots of locations, actually. Yeah. Um, and more than a 1,000 Starbucks employees went on strike on Thursday. So members of the Starbucks Workers Union picketing. Um, they picketed on the first day of Red Cup Day, which was Friday. Mm-hmm. That's the limited edition holiday reusable cups day. They're right. like collector's items. Right. Um, anyways, it's like their biggest day of the year, evidently. Mm-hmm. And I guess the union is requesting better staffing. And they're picketing yeah. 
um, as a result, result of that. So there were several yeah. locations here in Southern California doing it, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's um, better staffing, and there's a few other things um, that they're working toward. It sounds like negotiations are happening. I think they're just slower than the union would like, but yeah. hopefully they continue to have those discussions and figure it out. Yeah, I mean... Because we need red cups. It's the holiday season. What's going on? Uh, I, I will say Starbucks. Starbucks has... I don't drink Starbucks anymore, nor Me was either. I ever, like, a huge... Starbucks fan, but strongly disagree. Eighth grade mocha frap, no problem. Really? Love oh my that God. For you. <laughs> I love that for you. That makes sense. Sam. Thank you. I know. Um, I don't drink Starbucks anymore, though. Okay, this but is I will just say, I was just home in Chicago and in true Chicago fashion, of course, I grabbed a Starbucks with my little niece. Sure. And it was $8 for um, the grande, which is like the medium what? size. Yeah, like I got like a matcha latte, eight dollars. I was like, "Whoa!" Okay, that's like LA pay, prices. No, LA prices are six fifty. I pay six fifty for like my favorite matcha in LA. Uh huh. Eight dollars in Chicago. That's I was like, wild. "Wait, what's going on?" Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I'm like, "Wow, inflation is real, huh?" <laughs> my God. Like I can't afford these Starbucks prices. Yeah, it's too expensive. Insane, so. Where's your favorite matcha place here? Um, I love Coffee Commissary. Oh, okay. And they've got a few different locations. It's yeah, yeah, really yeah. Cute. I've been to the one in the valley. Yeah. Okay, noted. Noted. I don't noted. know. Matcha is also good. Oh, I've never been. Oh, great. I'll have to try it. Okay. Speaking of eighth grade, Sam. Okay. I just wanted to discuss this hilarious tweet that went viral yesterday from at Rebel Flower, who wrote, and I quote, What's wrong with Uggs? Y'all too rich and bougie for everything now. End quote. <laughs> Wait, what does she mean? I just, she means so, we're too rich or? No, she means everybody that's Uggs. hating on Uggs are too bougie for Uggs now. Because every year I feel like people are like, Uggs are so out. Ew. What? No. I swear to God, Uggs, this, this happens every year. are more in than ever. I agree with that. But I do feel like there are people who are like gross Uggs. Okay, that's fair. Look, if you're wearing the traditional Uggs that we all wore in 2010. The tall. The tall. Light the, tan. The, the thin heel, you know, yeah. like the slippery, shoey. No. But what's in this season, really in, is the platform Ugg. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I saw that in Wall Street Journal because I'm very trendy. And that's where I get my fashion news from. <laughs> The ultra mini platform booty is sold out everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like models and influencers are like out. over, like obsessed. Yeah. I'm obsessed. It's adorable. I, I don't have the platform version, but I, mean, I did wear the mini does? booty over here. GG indeed. <laughs> and I'm wearing Uggs right now. We both are currently in Uggs. We're well, Uggs I sellouts. took mine off, but we are Uggs sellouts. And I have to admit, I've had Uggs like since I was probably... 13. And you know what? Or knockoff Uggs. I'm also team knockoff Ugg. I don't care if it's branded. But I will say, like, nobody is even giving Ugg a a run for their money. Like, nobody is even competing. I don't know what. Get out there, Bear Claw, or whoever you are. (laughs) Like, get out there. Start making some. Yeah. It's weird. It's like they really, they talk about a monopoly. Uggs has got it. Uggs does got it. I don't know. Somebody else, get in the ring. Get in the ring. I don't know. Platform Uggs are out. (laughs) <laughs> somebody out. else get in there I know truly I don't know I'm just kind of like I don't think they'll ever go out of style I know we live in Southern California where they're like they've been part of the fashion vernacular for like the last 50 years right so I guess I mean not 50 but a long time right since so the since right exactly <laughs> so like maybe that's why we're biased but maybe. I really do think that there is always going to be a market for cozy comfy loose fitting shoes of course you know like why wouldn't there be literally yeah so uggs aren't out uggs are in and i honestly want to see 
I want to see some fight from Monk. I want to see them really. <laughs> I don't want them resting on their laurels. Like I need them to get up. Nobody wants to work anymore. Get up off your ass. <laughs> Like, nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> I'm just making fun of that Kim K video. But yeah. it's fine. No, literally. No, but I really do. I'm with you. I think Uggs should get out there. And reinvent the out Uggs. There. Uggs. Yeah. Get out there. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, this has been a fun, interesting episode. Kind of sad. Kind of sad. Somber. But I'm glad we ended with this dumb story about Uggs. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. Oof, Ending on a light note. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. We love you. We love your feedback. If you listen and uh, you guys want to give us notes, we love notes. We do. Or if you just want to tell us that you love us, we're also very on board with we're that. We're open for that. We're totally open That's, to that. That would be nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Like specifically. Yeah. <laughs> and like that we're cute and funny as well. <laughs> totally not crazy and just like a great time to be around. Kooky so, fun. Yeah. So kooky. <laughs> Anyhow, um, shout out to our loyal listeners, a.k.a. my mom and my best friend, Angela. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram. We're going to do a rebrand here one of these days. Yeah. Um, we're working on it. Girlfriends. Um, and then you can follow us on our personals. Mine's at TGP. Mine's at Samantha Kubota. Hit us up. We want to talk. Yeah. And even if you just want to like send us memes, we're also on board. Right. For sure. We love that. Okay. Awesome. Yay. Well, have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye.